for parents of children with cancer or leukaemia, but it's also for anyone else who's involved in caring for children with cancer or leukaemia. Yes, and my name's Jeff McCowage. I'm a paediatric oncologist here at the Children's Hospital at Westmead in Sydney, Australia. Today I need to update an episode that I did some years ago. I did an episode with the rather fanciful title about seeing the future of rock and roll and its name was CAR T-cells. And the important thing uh, to update about that is the access to this therapy. So I'm going to leave the episode there because it explains uh, the treatment called CAR T-cells and what it's all about. But during that episode, I talked about how available the treatment was, and back a few years ago, it wasn't really routinely available Uh, In other countries, it was mostly available in clinical trials. Well, since then, the treatment has become more available. And in particular, a big drug company called Novartis has acquired the commercial rights to this treatment. And now the treatment goes by the name Kimriya. That's K-Y-M-R-I-A-H, Kimriya. And that's a... A CAR T-cell product that is now made available through the drug company Novartis and it's available in a number of countries including at multiple centres here in Australia. The process involves collecting uh, blood cells from the child or the adult by the way and then sending them to the Novartis labs which are in North America and then they get sent back again frozen and are uh, available to then be used. So the treatment is now available. It's still kept in very specialised centres, of course, uh, but it is available. And all that I said about needing to find a clinical trial and travel overseas to access the treatment uh, doesn't necessarily apply anymore. So here we go uh, with this explanation of CAR T-cells, and I hope you enjoy it. And today I want to talk about something really exciting and in fact so exciting that I had to give my podcast a bit of a catchy title. I saw the future of rock and roll and his name was, I'm not going to tell you, it's a famous quote and I'm not going to tell you what his name was. In fact, you'll have to go to the Facebook page and in fact the first five people to end this quote and fill in what his name was at the Facebook page will get a special prize 500 Jeff points. These Dr. Jeff points are fully redeemable anywhere in Antarctica, so it's a very special prize. But no, I didn't really see the future of rock and roll last week, but I do wonder if I saw the future of immunotherapy. It was pretty exciting. We had a visiting speaker come out to a symposium that I organised, and he came to us from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and he gave an incredible talk about something called CAR T-cells. CAR T-cells. And I want to share with you what CAR T-cells are all about. Because they have given these CAR T-cells to a lot of patients, and they're finding some very exciting results in the treatment of leukaemia. 
And at the same time, people are looking at CAR T-cells being used in a whole bunch of other places. So they're really exciting things. So first, let me explain what the CAR T-cells are. So T-cells are a type of white blood cell in your body, normal white blood cell. Now the CAR bit, that means chimeric antigen receptor. So it stands for chimeric antigen receptor T-cell, CAR T-cells. All right, now I'll give you the detail. First, T-cells. In your body, you have a whole bunch of different types of white blood cells. And they're running around your bloodstream, and they're in your bone marrow, and they're in your lymph glands, and all sorts of places. But there's a whole lot of different types of white blood cells. There's neutrophils. There's monocytes. There's eosinophils. There's basophils. And then there's lymphocytes. And lymphocytes are a really important part of your body's immune system. The way your body fights off viruses and foreign tissues and things like that. Your lymphocytes are really important to that process. Now, among your lymphocytes, there's different types of lymphocytes. So there's a family of lymphocytes called B cells, and there's a family called T cells. Don't worry about the B and the T, it's complicated. But the B cells are sort of mostly involved in making antibodies. You know, the antibodies that then run around your bloodstream and help you to kill germs. The T cells are also involved in killing off infections and foreign tissues and all sorts of things. The T cells can then be divided into different types of T cells. So there's CD4 T cells and there's CD8 T cells and they've all got very complicated roles and it seems like every year when you read this literature you read something new. But one of the particular groups of T cells are these ones that can kill target cells. So their role in life is to kill target cells if the rest of the immune system tells them to. So if the rest of the immune system gives them a message to say, kill this cell, well, that's what some of these T cells will do. Now, why would you want to kill some of your own cells? Well, if you've got a virus infecting cells, well, if the immune system can kill off those cells, well, that'll kill off the virus as well. So we have T cells that run around your bloodstream, and when they find a cell that's infected with a certain virus, the immune system tells them, kill this cell, and then that's what the T cell does. Now, they'll also kill other cells. So if you do a transplant of an organ into someone and they're completely incompatible with the kidney transplant or the heart transplant and you don't give them immune-suppressing drugs, well, your T-cells will go all out and totally destroy that organ. That's why we talk about people rejecting a transplanted organ. They're T-cells. They're the ones that do that. And that's why we have to make sure the organs match up and we give immune suppressants, etc. So that's what T-cells are meant to do. They're meant to go and kill things when the immune system tells them to. Okay, now, what are the other cells that we wish the immune system would just go and kill? Well, cancer cells, right? Don't we all wish that our body's immune system would somehow detect, aha, I found a cancer cell, let's kill it. Now, there's a theory that this does happen and that we eradicate tiny, tiny tumours before they ever really get started. That's the theory, and there's a bit of evidence for it. But no, we're talking now about the patient whose tumour has obviously escaped that system and has grown, and so we have a problem with cancer. Well, don't we wish we could get the immune system to go in and kill the cancer? 
I mean, firstly, it'd be good just to go in and kill the cancer. But the other thing about T cells is they live for a very long time. So if you could get your T cells to kill the cancer and then persist for years and years and years, well, any time the cancer tried to grow back, well, maybe the immune system would be there waiting for it, ready to kill it off again. Now, wouldn't that be cool? And so that's what this CAR T cell thing is all about. It's manipulating T cells, changing them in a way that they can now recognize the cancer and kill it, and then hopefully persist and be able to kill it if it ever rears its ugly head again. So let me now explain what you do with T cells to make these CAR T cells and then to kill the cancer. And it's probably best if I give you the particular example that we heard about last week at our talk, and that's CAR T cells that are used to treat a particular form of childhood leukemia. So I'm just giving you this as an example of how it works, and hopefully the principles will apply in more and more tumour types as time goes on. So remember, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, commonest cancer or leukemia in childhood. And it's a disease that we give chemotherapy for. Just about all patients go into remission, meaning we get rid of 95 or 99% of it. And then we give more chemotherapy to try to eradicate what's left of it. So we give a big, long chemotherapy program. It goes for two years eventually. And the good news is that most children with acute lymphoblastic leukemia are cured with that two-year program. Most of them are cured and the leukemia never comes back. However, there are some patients who are not cured. It might be 20% or so where we give all that treatment. Maybe they go into remission, but then the leukemia comes back again later on. That's called a relapse. Terrible, terrible thing. Because then you have to start all over again and then you need even stronger chemotherapy and you start talking about bone marrow transplants sometimes and it's a serious development and it really means the chances to cure the leukemia are not as good. And so we give chemotherapy again, try to get the patient back into remission, try to get them to that point where we've got rid of 95-99% of the leukemia and then move on with more drugs and maybe bone marrow transplants. Now, sometimes in these patients, we can't even get them back into remission. Sometimes they've had a second relapse or a third relapse, and we just can't get them into remission again. Sometimes they've had a bone marrow transplant, and then the leukemia relapses, and then we can't get them into remission again. And if you can't eradicate the leukemia, well, things are very serious indeed. So it's in this group of patients that the group in Philadelphia have been giving CAR T cells. Now, they've also been giving them to adult patients with other forms of leukemia that you see more often in adults. But today I'm talking about childhood leukemia. Okay, now you need to know, well, how are we going to get these T cells to kill the leukemia cells? So first off, there's a target. The target is on the surface of the leukemia cells. And in this example, the target is called CD19. CD19. Now, CD19 is on a whole lot of completely normal cells. It's a normal thing to have on the surface of your cells. But it's also present on the leukemia cells. It's not doing anything bad there, but it is present there, and we can use it as a target. So now we're going to make T cells that are trained to go and kill anything with CD19 on the surface of it. And that's how the cells will kill the leukemia cells. Now they'll also knock out the normal cells with CD19 on them, but that's okay. That's manageable. 
So what these investigators have done is they have created a chemical that goes on the surface of normal T cells. Now imagine it as a tiny little stick, okay? A tiny little stick. And they've got a way to put the gene for the stick inside the T cells. And then the T cells make the stick. And then they position the stick on the surface of the T cell. Now let me tell you about the stick. Now, there's a bit of the stick that's sticking out of the T cell. And there's a bit of the stick that's sticking inside the T cell. So it sort of sits across the surface membrane of the T cell. Now the outside bit of the stick, the outside part of the stick, has an antibody on it. Remember I've talked about antibodies? Antibodies are chemicals that we use in our immune system. So we have an antibody against chickenpox and against tetanus and against the cold and against influenza, all depending on if we've been immunized or not, right? Well, the stick has an antibody against CD19. We've had these antibodies for years, by the way. We've been using them for years in the lab and so on. So the stick has an antibody against CD19. So you get these T cells, you process them in the lab. Now when we mix these cells with the leukemia, now the T cells will stick onto the leukemia. Remember the leukemia has got CD19 on the surface. The T cell has an antibody to CD19 on it. And now the T cell will attach itself to the leukemia cell. It'll attach tight. And he showed these amazing videos of a leukemia cell meeting a CAR T cell. And it just shows you how hard the T cell grabs onto the leukemia cells and holds on tight and gets stuck to it. Okay, so that's the first thing we want. We want the T cell to really attach on to the leukemia cell. Now we go to the inside of the cell, the other end of the stick. Remember, the stick's on both sides of the cell surface membrane of the T cell. So now there's a bit of the stick on the inside of the T cell. Well, they've designed this part of the stick to do some very special things to the T cell. What happens with this part of the stick is that it sends a message to the T cell telling it to multiply and multiply and divide and grow in numbers and grow and grow and grow and also become activated, get activated to kill whatever the T cell is attached to. And the really cool thing is that those messages from the inside of the stick, they only get processed after the outside of the stick binds to the leukemia. So this is amazing. We've got this T cell. On the outside, it's got an antibody to CD19. And on the inside, it's got a whole lot of signals to tell the T cell, kill, 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 and divide and multiply and make millions more copies of yourself. And none of it takes place until the T cell meets the CD19. Okay, so now we can mix the T cells with the leukemia cells. The T cells find the leukemia cell, the antibody part binds to the CD19, and then the stick sends a message to the inside of the T cell, and it says, kill this cell. And that's what the T cell does. It kills the cell. But also, it says, divide and divide and divide and make more copies of yourself. So the T cell makes more copies of itself. That's called proliferation. 
but it also activates and kills the target. And that's how the whole system works. So now we can get to the explanation of that weird name, CAR T-cells. So we see it's a chimeric antigen receptor. Chimeric means it's a mixture of things. Antigen receptor means the antigen receptor part of it is that antibody part on the outside of the T-cell. But the chimeric part, it refers to the bits on the inside of the T-cell that give it all the messages to go, 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 kill, kill, kill. So that's why it's a chimeric antigen receptor T-cell. Okay, so now let me talk a bit more about how they actually do this in practice. So we're talking now about a child that has acute lymphoblastic leukemia and there's been a relapse, maybe another relapse, maybe a bone marrow transplant, and then we're having trouble getting the patient into remission. To generate the CAR T cells, what they do is what we call a leukapheresis. Now, if you listen to my explanation on how do we collect peripheral blood stem cells, you'll hear a description of this. But basically, it involves putting the patient on a machine where blood goes out of their central line into the machine. The machine whizzes it, collects certain white blood cells, and then sends the rest of the blood back into the patient. A bit like one of those kidney machines, but it's collecting whatever cells we put the settings on to collect. So the patient sits on this machine, and then we can collect white blood cells from them, and they're collected in a bag, and the rest of the blood cells all just go back to the patient. And that's called a leukapheresis, and there's nothing magic about that. We've been doing that for years and years and years. Then they take the cells up to their very specialised lab, and it's got to be a very specialised lab where everything's super sterile and clean, and, you know, these are facilities that cost millions of dollars to build. You've got to keep all the germs out, and, you know, the air pressure in one room has to be higher than the air pressure in another room, and it's all got to be maintained and particularly sterile and clean, and there's no surfaces where dust can get, and people wear astronaut suits and all sorts of things. So you take the cells to this special cell processing facility, and then you probably purify the cells a bit to get rid of the, the cells that you don't need. And then you put the remaining cells through this process to engineer them to be CAR T cells. So first off, they get the cells to start dividing. They give something that will make the cells divide because that helps to get the gene delivery system into them. And in their particular case at Philadelphia, they were using some little plastic beads that have particular chemicals on the surface that interact with the T-cell and make them grow. So they get the T-cells to grow, and then they add something called a vector. And a vector is a virus that can get into the cell and deliver DNA into the genes of the cell but the virus has had all the bad bits removed. So all the things that a virus has that make you feel sick, well, they've all been removed. And all the bits that make the virus make another copy of itself to then spread throughout the body and then, you know, cough it all over someone on the bus and give them a virus, all those bits that viruses use to make extra copies of themselves, well, they've been removed. So it's a very specialised modified virus that's been modified so it won't make cells sick and it won't proliferate and make extra copies of itself. And so we call that a viral vector. 
Now, the other thing that's special about this virus is they've modified the virus so it will carry the DNA that the cell needs to make the stick. You know the stick, the chimeric antigen receptor that's going to sit across the membrane of the T-cell? Well, this virus carries the DNA that codes to make the stick. So that bit of DNA will get incorporated into the T-cell's chromosomes and then the T-cell will make the proteins to make the stick and then position the stick on the outside of the cell. So instead of this virus getting in and delivering viral genes to make more viruses, it gets in and delivers the genes to make the stick, to make the chimeric antigen receptor. And because it's in the DNA of the T-cell, well, every time the T-cell divides and divides and divides, it takes the gene with it. So all the T-cells that are subsequently grown from that T-cell will have the gene for the chimeric antigen receptor, and so they'll produce more and more T-cells that have this chimeric antigen receptor on the outside. Now, this procedure in the lab goes on for a period of time, probably several days. I didn't get the details on that, but usually for several days. And so in that time, the virus is getting into the cells, the cells are multiplying, and the extraneous cells that you don't need, a lot of them are just dying off because the system doesn't support them. And eventually you end up with a bag of T-cells. And a lot of the T-cells are just normal T-cells, but a lot of the T-cells now have the gene in them for the chimeric antigen receptor, the stick, the thing that's going to bind onto CD19. A lot of the T-cells now have that present. And now the lab will go ahead and purify them, probably get rid of the plastic beads, I don't know, get rid of unwanted chemicals, wash the cells down and have a nice clean bag of T-cells ready to give to the patient. And I think at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia they would freeze those cells and then send a sample of them out for testing to make sure that they hadn't got infected with bacteria or any other problems developed. So anyway, now you've got a bag of chimeric antigen receptor T-cells frozen, ready to use. And then when they've been tested and they've been shown to be safe, and then when the patient's in the right sort of situation, clinically and medically well and able to have the cells, well, they give the cells back to the patient. And this is just given through a central line, like a blood transfusion, a bag of cells are just hooked up and they're given into the patient. They're probably giving some sort of pre-medication to avoid allergic reactions or something like that. But they are basically given back to the patient, the T-cells enter the bloodstream, circulate around the body, circulate around the bone marrow, and then hopefully they're going to find anything with CD19 on it, bind to it, and kill it. And so the next question you're wondering is, does it work? Well, the results are very encouraging, very exciting. Basically, in the great majority of patients treated with these CAR T-cells, they saw the leukemia go into remission. You got that? These are patients with a serious relapse, where the drugs aren't working, where they can't get rid of the leukemia. Some of them have had bone marrow transplants. And with these CAR T-cells, the great majority of them went into remission. And this is incredible. And in fact, for a number of patients, they didn't then go on to get any other sort of treatment. And the leukemia stayed eradicated. There are patients who are now, you know, a couple of years out, they've had nothing else. All they've had is the CAR T-cell infusion and the leukemia has never come back. 
I don't even know if that was the original plan. They might have planned to use these cells to get into remission and then do a bone marrow transplant. But no, a lot of these patients haven't gone on to any other treatment and the leukaemia hasn't come back. It's incredible. Now, you can look up one of these patients on the internet and I'm allowed to mention the patient's name because she's out there in the public domain. Her name was Emily Whitehead. If you look for Emily Whitehead and on a Google search, you'll see an example of someone who's been treated with these CAR T-cells. Now, how did the patients handle these cells? Well, that's another question. What they found is that some patients given the CAR T-cells really get quite sick. Something happens when these T-cells interact with the leukemia cells and kill them and it revs up the body's immune system incredibly and there's a whole lot of inflammation and some of the patients they got really really sick. Now they worked out early on that in particular there was a chemical that was going up in the bloodstream called interleukin-6. It's a normal chemical but the patients who were getting sick had these sky-high levels of interleukin-6. Fortunately Another bunch of medical researchers, nothing to do with cancer, had developed a drug to block interleukin-6. And they found that if they gave this drug, tocilizumab or something, then you could block the problems that were being caused by the interleukin-6. Now, nonetheless, a lot of patients still get pretty sick with this treatment, but that tends to be a sign that the treatment is working really well. So there you have it. That's the use of CAR T-cells that are targeted against CD19. And CD19 is expressed on many childhood leukemias, but not all. And they have found that these CAR T-cells really do work to go in and kill these leukemia cells. And that effect can be long-lasting. Now, let me tell you a bit more stuff. They're not the only unit in the world that's developing CAR T-cells. There are other units developing CAR T-cells for other targets, and there are other groups working on CAR T-cells against CD19. And different units uh, will have a different recipe for that stick, that little thing that spans the membrane and has the antibody on the outside and the GO signals on the inside. So one of the differences between different groups, CAR T-cells, are, well, what are the GO signals? What are the signals on the inside of the cell telling the T-cell what to do? And there's a bunch of different ones that you could use, and different units have used different GO signals for the T-cell. The other thing is that different units have used a different vector to deliver the message into the T-cells. Remember how I said they use this artificial virus to deliver the DNA into the T-cells? Well, there are different forms of viruses that you can use for that, different vectors. There's ones called retroviruses, and then there's ones called lentiviruses. And then there are other systems. There are some that don't use viruses at all. Now, just to dispel a myth about lentiviruses. Now, lentiviruses were originally developed from the HIV, you know, the AIDS virus. Lentiviruses were developed for this sort of purpose by taking the AIDS virus and cutting out all the bad bits, all the bits that make the patient sick, all the bits that cause AIDS, all the bits that make the virus able to make more copies of itself and proliferate. That's where lentiviruses came from. 
So it no longer resembles an AIDS virus except for its sort of backbone structure. So some of the reporting in the media talked about, you know, the AIDS virus used to cure cancer. Well, not really. It's a virus that was originally derived from the AIDS virus, but it's had all the bad bits taken out and it's had the chimeric antigen receptor bits put in. So it's not going to cause AIDS to use this virus to introduce the gene into the T-cells. Now, by the way, why on earth would you use that particular virus? Of all the viruses you could pick, why would you pick that one when, you know, people are going to get worried about it? Well, what does the AIDS virus do for a living? It infects T-cells, right? That's what AIDS is. It's from the AIDS virus getting into your T-cells and damaging your T-cells. It is an expert at getting into T-cells. So it's a very good choice to use to deliver a gene into T-cells, so long as you get rid of the bad bits, and they did. So there are different trials out there of CAR T-cells for CD19 positive leukemia. There's one in, I think, Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York, Seattle, Philadelphia, there's a few others. And then, of course, industry gets involved. So in time, uh, big drug companies will also get involved in this process to try to make the technology available more broadly rather than just in certain institutions. And a given drug company will usually own the rights to a particular viral vector that delivers the particular gene. And so if someone invents a different way to make CD19 positive CAR T cells, well, probably the drug company won't own that. They'll just own the particular recipe for the particular vector and the particular T cells that are made with that vector. So eventually, it's likely that we'll have drug companies involved in this whole thing. And in the early phases during the clinical trials of this technology, it's likely that we'll collect the T-cells, for instance, and send them to a centralized lab, and then they'll process them, make the T-cells, the chimeric antigen receptor T-cells, and then send them back to be given to the patient. That's probably how it'll end up working in the first phase. Now, at the same time, other units will keep working on their own CAR T-cells. We have our own program in CAR T-cells. We are developing our own constructs to deliver the chimeric antigen receptor into T-cells, and all that work is ongoing. What about using CAR T-cells for other targets? There's a question. And there has been work on CAR T-cells against other targets. The thing is... Firstly, you have to have a target. So the cancer you're wanting to treat has to have a target on it. The target has to be present in sufficient levels on the cancer cells. And it has to be on all of the cancer cells. What you don't want is a target that's only on 50% of the cancer cells, but then the other cancer cells will escape the whole system. So we need high level expression of the target and it has to be on all the cancer cells so the system will work. The other thing is it has to be a target that we can live without, right? If it's a target that's on your brain cells or your heart cells, well, you can hardly go and kill every cell that has that target on it, right? So it has to be a target where if you kill all the cells with that target, it'll be okay. And that's why it is okay in CD19 the normal cells in the body that have CD19, well, they all get killed by these CAR T cells. But you can do without those cells. Those cells' role in life is to make antibodies. 
And fortunately, if patients don't make antibodies because we kill their B cells, it's okay. We can give immunoglobulin infusions to replace the antibodies. Now, that's a bit of a pain to be on immunoglobulin infusions, you know, antibody infusions, I don't know, probably every four weeks, probably for the rest of your life, maybe. So that's a downside, but it's manageable and it's a price that's worth paying if you can get rid of these refractory leukemias. So you need a target that it's okay to kill on normal tissues or else a target that isn't even expressed on normal tissues. So in neuroblastoma, for instance, there's been some work developing CAR T-cells against a chemical called GD2. GD2 is on the surface of neuroblastomas. And GD2, by the way, is the target of the immunotherapy that we currently use in neuroblastoma. We just give anti-GD2 antibodies to kill the neuroblastoma by attacking the target. Now, the problem with GD2 is it's expressed on some normal tissues. So we get a whole lot of side effects when we give anti-GD2 antibodies, a whole lot of problems with nerve pains and things. So anti-GD2 has its problems. So you can imagine CAR T cells, likewise, they may cross-react with normal tissues and that might be a problem. The other thing about it is it just turns out that GD2 wasn't as good a target. The the CAR T-cells just weren't as good at killing GD2-positive neuroblastoma cells as the other CAR T-cells were at killing CD19-positive leukemia. There's things about the target, you know. How is the target presented on the surface of the cell? You know, is it sitting up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready for an antibody to bind onto it? Or is it sort of buried among the surface of the cell? You know, there's all sort of technical issues. So not every target is going to work out with CAR T-cells. There's a whole lot of research still to be done, but you have to say that this is an exciting development. This looks like something that could be a way forward. Now, the next question some of you will be asking is, Wow, this sounds good. How can I get CAR T-cells for my child? So we're talking about a child with acute lymphoblastic leukemia that's relapsed and is proving refractory to treatment, won't go into remission. Yeah, fair question. How can you get CAR T-cells? Well, firstly, I've got to say, they're not widely available yet. Like I said, they're available within these clinical trials, within certain centres. I believe that a multinational, multi-institutional trial backed by a drug company might be starting to open and might be opening in the coming months, and so there may be better access to this technology. But at the moment, I know that there is something of a waiting list at some of these institutions to try to get on board to try this CAR T-cell technology. The other thing, of course, is there are patients who are not from the United States. How do they access this sort of technology if most of the centres are in the United States? Well, I think they're taking calls from people from all over the world. People are asking about it. But remember, it's a very technical business. And remember, many of the patients given CAR T-cells have become quite sick. So what I'm talking about here is ending up in hospital, in a big US hospital, and maybe on a lot of treatment to get you through that phase of being sick after the CAR T-cells. So you know what I'm talking about now. I'm talking about it being very expensive, not so much for the CAR T-cells, but to be cared for in a major US hospital 
in a situation where you don't have US health insurance, right? So that's a bit of a problem. So my answer would be talk to your doctors, see if the particular patient is a candidate for this sort of technology and take it from there. Remember, it's not going to work in T-cell disease. It's not going to work in acute myeloid leukemia. If it's going to work, it will be in leukemias that express CD19, and they will be certain cases of B precursor acute lymphoblastic leukemia. So I'd be checking with the doctors if it's even an option to consider, and then looking at what other options exist for treating the leukemia, but if people wanted to explore the use of this sort of treatment in a particular child, I guess it would be a case of getting in touch with the investigators at these institutions and talking about it. But again, I think they will have waiting lists and care in a US hospital can be very expensive, particularly for people who don't have health insurance. Hopefully a clinical trial will be rolled out and hopefully that will be available within multiple different countries. And oftentimes when it's a clinical trial like that, well, the costs involved might not be as extreme. But anyway, that's my introduction to CAR T cells, what they're all about. Pretty exciting stuff. High response rates in patients where treatment just wasn't working. So really exciting. A lot of research to be done. We're still going to have to wait and see how much CAR T-cells can be used in other tumour types and we're working on that and a bunch of other labs are working on that. But certainly it's an exciting development. So back to my first question. I saw the future of rock and roll and his name was CAR T-cells? No. You'll have to tell me what his name was. Remember, you'll get free Jeff points. You can redeem them anywhere in Antarctica, so they can be very useful things just to carry with you. So go to the Facebook page. Tell me who the future of rock and roll was. But also comment on car T-cells, what you think of all of this, if it all made sense or not. You can go to the Facebook page, Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff. Anyway, that's where I left that podcast, but as I dictate now in March 2021, just a reminder that uh, things have changed since I recorded that podcast some years ago, and a couple of things have changed in particular. The most important is that CAR T cells for acute leukemia have become available now uh, through the commercial operations of the big drug company Novartis and their product is called Kim Raya. And so there are multiple centres around Australia now who can arrange for this treatment to be made available for selected patients who might benefit from it, and the cells can be sent to North America and engineered to become CAR T-cells, and then they're sent back and the treatment can be given here in Australia and in multiple other countries. It is an expensive treatment, of course, and... Uh, the good news is that the Australian government has seen fit to make funding available to cover the treatment. I don't know about how funding works in other countries, but it has been made available for the right patients to receive Kim Raya, uh, given here at one of the hospitals in Australia. The other thing to say is that my Facebook page, I really have stopped keeping it up to date and maintaining it, so don't leave any thoughts uh, at the Facebook page or questions because I haven't 
really been able to keep it up to date. But if you really must know who the future of rock and roll was, well, it was Bruce Springsteen. Anyway, I'll leave it there and talk to you next time. Bye now.